Nerd News Now. So hi everybody, you're here for Nerd News Now, in which it's been a long day for everybody in the room, and we're punchy. Very. <laughs> very, very punchy. Yep. Super it's been funny. a long weekend for me. Yeah? Which is yeah, in the case for all of us. Well, that's true. Um, so nephew's second first birthday, Aww. which involved going to the, the pumpkin patch, which um, if you're from the Midwest and you go to the pumpkin patch and you're uh, single and without children, uh, you never want to have children after you've gone to the pumpkin patch. It is the strongest birth control I have ever seen. <laughs> Do not throw the pumpkins at the small children to get them to shut up. Wait, wait. Since when? I thought that was always a rule. Apparently, that's against the law. Does it pumpkin chunking? No, I was just about to pick them up and start pelting them with it. Are you allowed to pick up the kids and throw them at the pumpkins? Uh, I don't know. That's a thought. They might reverse engineer this. Might as well. That's a thought. That's one that's gonna fester. I'll be honest, Brainy. That's gonna. That one's gonna sit there for a minute. <laughs> no. Um. And then it was family stuff all weekend. Um. Working Saturday night while also watching the Ringo Awards. Mm-hmm. And the Ohio State game. And working. Um. And then Sunday. Uh, I just had a massive project for the experience. I had to get done. That took the entirety of the day. So you feel better when you were done. No. <laughs> um, and I'll tell you why, because my hands were like this. Mm, cramps. Yeah, arthritis. Like I had to go home and put ice on them and flatten them out. <laughs> but it, it's done. So now that it's done, it's done. I only have three other things I have to code and nine videos I have to export. And um, I'm sure there's a big old list of stuff Jen has forgot. Jen is going, and this, and this, and this in her head that I'm forgetting. You're lazy, man. <laughs> I miss those, those uh, shows. Yes. So what you guys do? I watched Dune. Yeah, me too. And you. If you guys have not watched you, that is a trippy show. I uh spell it? Is it just Y O U. Just Y O U. It's a very interesting show. I I was not expecting it to be what it is. What what is it? Because I have no idea. Wait, are we still talking about Dune or have we moved on to a different show? We're just talking about you right now. Um it's it's a serial killer love story. Oh. Um, it's about a guy who gets very obsessed with the people he falls in love with and the things he does for them. Very interesting. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, to make you identify with them? Like no. I, I, hope, I hope I do not identify with him. Uh, because he does uh, go off uh, committing crimes, which I don't want to get too into because it might spoil. Um, but I'm on season two. So it's currently on three seasons, and I'm on season two, and it's it's 
It's got me intrigued, and I'm still trying to wonder why I'm watching the show. So, this <laughs> is the op- so I'm, I'm reading it, and it's created by Greg Berlanti, which strong opening. Yep. But this is the opposite of the Meatloaf song. Oh, absolutely. Um, he will do that. <laughs> well, he'll do certain things, and it, it, it's um. It's something to watch. If you guys get a chance, watch it. I've been plowing through the, I guess this is the second season of Lock and Key. I have not started it yet. How is it? It's good. I mean, it picks up kind of right where the last one left off. and. and yeah, if I remember correctly, the last one left off in a slight cliffhanger. Yeah, where they had the, I can't remember the bad person's name that they were dealing with. It was a girl that was like creating all kind of trouble for them. Gosh, I can't remember her name. But, yeah, uh, I can't remember any of their names. But uh, yeah, you'll get, it takes a while to get back into remember their names. Like yeah. Bodie's the kid that stays at home all the time for some reason that I don't know. <laughs> but right. but uh, yeah, it's more, it's kind of interesting because the series feels a lot like, um, a little bit like 90210 or Riverdale or whatever, where there's a lot of like kid drama at high school or like karate kid, that stuff's going on. But then there's also like the stuff that has to do with key house and the mysteries behind that and people that come and go from their lives and who is genuine and who is really not who they seem at all. And you always feel like everyone's not genuine. That's, I don't like when you get to that part of a show and you're like, you just assume everyone's bad. You can't trust a single person. It's kind of where I feel like we are. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't gotten there yet, so. But, but uh, I, I, the other thing I did when I did watch TV was I watched uh, Urkel is on HBO Max. <laughs> it does not hold up except for the Urkel bits. Everything else feels real dated except for Urkel. Mm-hmm. Like in him coming over and being hysterical. Like the rest of it's kind of, uh, you know, not holy well, uppy. A lot of shows from the 90s are going to be dated. Right. No, it's, but it like, it, it doesn't hold up in the way dinosaurs doesn't hold up. Like, Alf holds up better. <laughs> oh, ouch. Right. It's it's awkward. It's did you think this writing through? I don't think you did. Um but yeah, I mean it was it was for me this weekend was uh uh stand up specials, Dune, a couple of documentaries, and then yeah, Urkel. I put counters together. We bought new counters for the store, so I put those together. For nice. which, describe where they're going, like the, the cash wrap? So, yep, same exact spot as the old ones. Uh, we just put in two brand new ones. Instead of having a glass see-through um, displays, we now have um, slat wall displays. And gives the gives the staff a little bit more working area as opposed to having everything being displayed. So, yeah, this is what we needed. So And less smash and grab. Uh, yes, less smash and grab. And it also allows us to put a door... Um, you know, so that people won't cross behind the counter. 
Oh, I hated that. <laughs> when people, when you're talking to somebody, and you're like pointing at your screen, going, "Okay, what is this?" And they think it's okay to come around your counter to look yep. at your screen. No, that is not what I said to you. Yeah. And also, you know, they want to see the product behind. I'm like, we can bring it to you. So, yeah. At least to the, uh, you know, walk through door. At least they'll be a little bit reluctant. I have it. arms, also, like. <laughs> Yeah, I always tell people when they come behind the counter, I said, I'm sorry, you can come by the counter, but then you have to also sweep. I like that one. Uh, yeah, no, If I, I always tell them, um, one of the one of the lines, and Amanda made it up, my business partner Amanda goes, if you're going to come behind the counter, we're going to need your tax information, mm-hmm. and I will be sending you a W-2. There you go. Like, you want to pay taxes on this time or not? I don't know that I don't I, I don't know that any of that makes any sense at all because my brain doesn't work that way. But people seem to be scared of it. Oh yeah, they're like, "Oh, you're gonna put me to work?" No. Right. Right. So what Dune. Oh, we're gonna do Dune. All right. Yeah. Well, we, we, we can do something else. No, let's do Dune because I had made a statement to Jen uh, last week or two week was it last week after I saw Venom. Mm-hmm. When we were talking about Dune, and I had made a statement that I want to uh, clarify and amend. Okay. Um, I had said that I wanted to do Dune just, I wanted Dune to do just well enough that Kevin J. Anderson had something bad happen to him, but not so bad that the movie was bad. Um, because I had bad experiences with Kevin J. Anderson. Uh, this movie is so awesome that now I want them to develop other Kevin J. Anderson projects. <laughs> All is forgiven. <laughs> Including but not limited to Clockwork Angels, which he co-wrote with Rush drummer Neil Peart. But, uh, yeah, no, that was amazing. I don't like Timothy Chalamet in general, but he was great. Yeah, I it's, I love that he was like, I don't know, the, the character himself, I think in the past, has felt more grown up. Yes. And this one felt like just awkward like just adolescent, tiny skin. Remind me of my son, where it's like you could broken him with like a stiff wind. It was so <laughs> fun. That's true. So then you know to be that it's going to be extra impressive when he actually does, you know, embrace who he is because it's not because he's got muscles. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm. I, so I walk I, I, I walk into this movie. I put this movie on HBO. I didn't go see it in the theater. I didn't have time. Go watch but it on IMAX. It'll explode your brain. I watched it on a plenty big screen. I put the projector up and 4K you know, projector on the wall was pretty good. But um, I, I'm watching this movie picturing Timothy Chalamet as Willy Wonka because that image had just come out. <laughs> and the meme... Remember Timothy Chalamet's costume in Willy Wonka is the same costume that uh, uh, Gonzo wore in a Muppet Christmas Carol because it is. Mm-hmm. And then I'm watching this movie, going, "What was that meme? What? What was that joke? Never mind. This guy is this now. Mm-hmm. I will never be able to see him as Willy Wonka. Like he will always be, you know. Okay, from Dune. Like it's it's why I can't see David Harbor." as anything other than Elliot Hirsch from the newsroom because it's the thing I most recognize him for. Oh, yeah. Like, 
I struggle with that sometimes with movies is where like you have an actor who you know really well from TV or something, and now they're in a movie and you have to believe them as somebody else. I'm like, no, that is Rachel from Friends. Like, what? I don't, you know. So no, that was, but that was he is now officially always the kid from Doom. I will I, I will say that I was not 100% ready for very nearly nude Oscar Isaacs. <laughs> <laughs> He's a natural, I guess. <laughs> but it did make him very vulnerable. For the moment that it exists, it's, yep. it's a very, he's an extremely vulnerable spot. Yeah, it was actually a perfect scene for, for that. Yeah, I just uh, I just got an email from a cool Kickstarter that's going to be on Dan Wickland's show, so I got distracted for a minute. Sorry. Should I tell you what it is? Yes. Might as well you brought it up. Bigfoot knows karate. Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. That's a good Kickstarter. That's going to be a good book. Uh, it has Kung Fu Thulu. <laughs> That is amazing. Everything about that book just screams Kyle, doesn't it? Like it's animals doing people things, except that these are cryptids and elder gods doing people things. Uh, What other news has happened, though? Uh, They put out a new image, like a poster image for uh, Hawkeye, which makes it even more obvious that it's a Christmas movie. And it shows, not a movie. shows Pizza Dog. Isn't that the only thing we care about, honestly, is Pizza Dog? <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I'm not excited for the show, so Pizza Dog's it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do want to know where they're going with the show, at least, you know. Um, they, they have done a decent job with all the other shows, so I, I can't, you know... I want to see where they're going. They've, they've kept the suspense going. So, well, the trailer made it look like at least the the conceit that's happening at the beginning is that because he ran around as Ronan but never made it obvious that he was Ronan, then somebody else is running around as Ronan, and you know now he's on the hook for it, which of course I think is her. So, yeah. and then I hope it's just a big buddy cop film. You know, I could, there are several ways that I could get behind this, and that's one of them. If this turns into some very twisted version of Turner and Hooch or, uh, you know, Cagney and Lacey or Jake and the Fat Man, I could really get behind this. That was all just a way to set up a Jake and the Fat Man joke. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think it was. <laughs> um, by the way, if you never watched Jake and the Fat Man, that is one of the worst cop shows ever made, but it's amazing for all the wrong reasons. Um, but no, I, I get behind that for a buddy. I could get behind a buddy cop movie. My problem is that everything Jeremy Renner is in is, I'm Jeremy Renner. He's so serious all the time. So if it turns into a buddy cop movie, I want it to be 21 Jump Street style. Like, all right, this is him. Or he is the Murtaugh to her, you know, uh, I can't think of uh, the character from the movie. I'm going to blank on. 
Yeah, rig. Thank you to her rigs. Like he's sitting there going, I'm too old for this shit. You know, like I beat Thanos. Do I really have to do this? <laughs> you know what? Like these kind of jokes the whole time. Like that's I could really get behind something like that too. Like. It's weird, Kyle, to see you say that he's always the very serious one, because I always thought that he was the one Avenger that felt like a real human. Because he had a family, and you got to see him be that person? I think Avengers is maybe a little different than the other things I'm thinking about having seen him in. Oh, uh, yeah. I haven't seen he, him in anything else, so I don't know. He's a small role, a smaller role in Avengers. Important, but like he isn't Tony Stark. In all the Avengers movies, like it's it's every Avengers movie to me, and I've said this out loud, is an Iron Man movie with some other people, <laughs> and occasionally somebody shows up and steals a scene, like Chris Hemsworth, or steals an entire movie, like yeah. Chris Hemsworth, like, yep. you know. Um, but it's so he always felt like less developed, and this is a great way to develop him as a character, mm-hmm. and. Like I said, it's you look at you look at some of the things he's done recently. Um, he has a new a new thing coming out on Paramount Plus. Uh, I can't think of the name of it right now, but um, super serious. You know, it's just everything is is that kind of him talking down there, and uh, I would like to see him be funny. I know he's got the ability to be. Mm-hmm. What is this new show that I can't think of? Oh, Mayor of Kingtown. Mayor of Kingtown. Interesting. Interesting. It sounds more like a comedy than it does a show. Like you know, No, it's uh, the McCluskey family are power brokers tackling theme, themes of uh, systemic racism, corruption, and inequality in Kingstown, Michigan. Where the business of incarceration is the only thriving industry. Okay. He's like he's like a mobster. Like the whole family are like mobsters. And they're trying to not go to jail because jail is the only thing you do there. But I mean, yes, uh, you know, I mean he's done other things. Tag was supposed to be funny. It wasn't. Um, but so much of his stuff is super serious, and I just don't. So, well, let's see how Hawkeye is. It might be, a yeah, relief. that's what I'm saying. I would, lo- I know he has it in him to be funny because he's been funny in things in the past. Like he was on Louie, and he was very funny. So I know he's got the chops. Like, let's just do it. So, it's interesting. I can't remember exactly who it was, but I remember. Like right after Venom released, and it was so well received, and is still still being the darling of the of the box office, that that meant that they okayed some other things that Sony was holding on to and were thinking about doing. Was it Craven? I hope Something not. Else. Well, they're also working on Morbius. Yeah, it Morbius didn't. Oh, it's definitely it's it's totally happening. So that wasn't what they were holding on to. It was something else that they were like thinking about doing, and then. Oh, there was sort of Sable they were holding on to. They didn't get around to that either, so we'll see. So, uh, did you see the Ant-Man and Wasp news? No. Uh, Jonathan Majors was giving an interview, and he confirmed 
that the Kang in that movie is different than the Kang in Loki. Interesting. Yeah, that it's a different Kang. Okay, so the one in Loki is Immortus, right? Yeah. And then all we're looking for is um, the Egyptian one. There's like several different iterations he could be. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't say which one. He just goes, it's a different Kang. Okay. And he, he didn't necessarily, ex- uh, he implied that it was less of an acting decision, more of a character decision. Because we also have Son of Kang out in play. Yeah. And they cast, uh, what's his name for the thing? Uh, for what show was that? Um, that was real descriptive of me. <laughs> for the thing, um, yeah. No, they cast a guy for a, a show or a thing. Um, <laughs> hold on. Uh, but, uh, Harry Styles is Eros, in, a.k.a. Star Fox. Oh, nice. Yes, that's a strange, strange mix. But, um, the Rotten Tomatoes store, uh, score came out for uh, Eternals. Okay, so, so far, somebody's the reviewer seen it score. The reviewer's score. Critic score. Uh, Respectable but not stellar critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Critics don't know jack about these kinds of movies. I'm just going to say that out loud. 73%. 6.2 out of 10. That's not bad considering... Which is a 62%. If it was lower, lower, I would say I'd like the movie even more. Because the things that critics hate are usually good popcorn crunchers. Right. Um, so uh, it's up to 75 now uh, with further reviews in. Okay. Um, let's see. Let's see if I can find one from a reviewer that's noteworthy. Uh, nope. None of these people uh, are relevant to me. Um. Yeah, no. So, I would say uh, don't trust the reviewers and therefore don't read the internet. I was going to say, one of the biggest problems Eternals has is it's got to follow a long, long run of Avengers. And it's got high expectations. Uh, in fact, every movie that comes out in the Marvel Universe is going to have high expectations. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, expecting lower scores, it's not a bad thing to get. 73 is not bad. I mean, I think that's pretty decent. For for a show that has character that nobody knows about, and we really don't know the story either yet. We really don't know what it's centered around. We don't know where it's going to go. Um, you know, for the most part, we knew almost... We knew what we needed to know about all the other Avenger movies. You know, we knew where Endgame was going. We knew with that, you know. But um, this one, it's, it's we have no idea. So seventy-three is not bad. Let's, I'll give it that. One of the the one uh, one of the reviews is uh, one of Marvel's or no, uh, 
you walk out in the, on the depressing realization that you've just seen one of the more interesting movies Marvel will ever make, and hopefully the least interesting one Chloe Zhao will ever make. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Um, that was a bad review. Um, good reviews are uh, a mishmash of well-meaning yet jarringly verbose and bafflingly incoherent nonsense which is only just about saved by some half-decent performances. And that was a good review. <laughs> I don't understand. Um, I, okay. I'm going to give that review a bad review. I'm going to look into the camera and say something right now. <laughs> I don't like superhero movies. We know this. This is going to be amazing, and you're all wrong. <laughs> Mark it here. At this time, on this day, I said the thing. I love how you get a pre-call that a superhero movie is going to be good, that you hate superhero movies. Well, here's what I've decided. Let's think about this. Okay. The Eternals exist on a different plane than every other hero we've seen in every other superhero movie that's been made. They exist on a similar plane of existence to the bad guy in Guardians 2. Right? Sure. They are not traditional superheroes. The Black Knight and Ajax interact with traditional superheroes and come down and be, play superheroes, but these characters are more on a god tier. Yep. Marvel is going to have to establish the difference between where Eternals lives and where Avengers lives. Right. Because if you think about the Marvel pantheon, where does a story like 1872 live? It's not a superhero story. So is that part of the MCU or is that live in some other universe of Marvel filming, filmmaking? Where does where do where does Castle live? Where does Stephen King's The Stand live? These are all Marvel products, Marvel IP. Right. They have to exist in some other other lane than where the Avengers and the Guardians are. Well, you're, you're thinking in the manners that everything Marvel has written is going to be converted to the MCU. No, but what I'm saying is that the Marvel pantheon is so broad and contains so much that we have to start differentiating between Marvel superheroes and Marvel other. And I think that's what they've been alluding to with all the multi-universe talk they're talking about. You know, that, that's exactly where they're going. They're like, hey, we can't interact everybody, but, uh, you know, this is a good way of doing it. So that, that might exactly might be where they're headed with it. Right. And if they're doing that, the thing that's going to happen is that critics who are going into a Marvel movie, many of whom have no sense of the source material, aren't going to get it. Are going to say, "Hey, this exists in column B, guys." And you also have to wonder whether the audience that's watching the Marvel movies is also the same audience that's watching Disney Plus Marvel shows. Uh, we don't know if the critics are watching them as well. They may just be all cinematic critics and not really pay attention to what's going on with Loki, what's going on with Scarlet Witch, and all of that stuff. We got kind of a feel for it, right? In Loki where all of a sudden all those things we thought were so big were just in a drawer 
hanging yep. out the time right. authority. So right. it's clear that there's things that are much bigger, more, more powerful than anything that we're currently aware of. So I think people that are watching those shows have got to understand what we're getting into. Correct. Chloe Zhao also said something very interesting. That Frances McDormand should be in the Marvel Universe. Yes. The queen cool. of the indie movie and one of the greatest actors on the planet. Cast her. What is she? Is there anything good enough for her? I think that's the problem. Valkyrie? Maybe? It's got to be something... I would have loved to have seen her play something like the Eternal One. Or, you know, one of these characters that's just so big you can't really fathom how big they are. Or play old Captain Marvel. You know, like an older version of um, Allison, uh, not Allison Brie, um, Brie, uh, Brie Larson. Mm-hmm. You know, she'd have been a good Marvel. But I can't, I can't really think of one. Can you? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I came out of Nomadland and I just said, give her the award now. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, Nomadland was easily the best film of last year by two miles. At least. Which is funny because that movie's about traveling. <laughs> so, Brainy, can you think of a character that Frances McDormand should play? Uh, one of the cosmic gods. And since the cosmic gods in the Marvel don't really have a gender, she could play any of them. She could play the universe. Or what, what's his name? Ooh. Eternity. Ooh, 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 ooh. She could play death. No. No? No. The only reason being is if they wanted to bring that character, they would have done it in Infinity, Ga- oh, Infinity Wars. Yeah. Death doesn't talk. <laughs> Yeah, she does not talk. You're right. That's the point of her. <laughs> the Phoenix Force. Oh yeah. Well, no, because they killed that with uh, Jean Grey, and they did. The, yeah. mm. uh, Fox screwed that up. <laughs> All right, a list of the cosmic Marvel en- entities. Um. Aegeus, Abraxas, Agamotto, Anomaly, the Anti-Phoenix Force, Adam Warlock, Beyonder, the Beyonders, the Celestials, Chaos King, Cosmic Cubes. See, that would be interesting. What about... Coven? I forgot what her name was, but Adam Warlock, when he split himself into two... Oh, crud. I don't want to ruin the story here. Yeah, uh, spoilers for uh, <laughs> what could happen in a Guardians film in the future, right? But um, what about what about her? And can we name two others to play the Coven? Her. Oh, her. <laughs> okay, that's fair. 
That's a good one. Um, she could play Dormammu. No, they did uh, that already. Yeah, they already showed Dormammu. The Dreaming Celestial, Entropy, Eon, Epoch, Eternity, the Fifth, the Fourth, the Fulcrum, the First Firmament. I think she could Franklin play... Richards. She could do a good job with uh, Eternity. Gaia. Oh. Or how about Sue Richards? Yeah. Because they, I'm pretty sure they're going to revive Fantastic Four and hopefully better job than before. Yeah, I'm still on. I'm still on the John Krasinski, Emily Blunt for Franklin and, or not for Franklin for Reed and Sue Storm. It, you know, since you did bring up Franklin, I think FF will be a good uh, run for them as well. Yeah. They can bring in the kids and they can do a lot more with that. I can't think of anything else that would be good. I mean, Gaia is the last one I see on the list that I would go, yeah, that would be good. So. All right, what other news? Any other news? Um, they started talking again about The Witcher. They said there was going to be some kind of big reveal in the show. Let's see if I can read what they have to say about the such things. The Witcher. Uh-huh. Are we? Th- are are they telling us not to throw coins at things now? Gonna make a big character reveal. So let's see if it gives us anything else. So reveal the connection between Dunny and Emir Varimris. I don't know that much about The Witcher. Yeah, I don't recognize those names. Um, so uh, one of the things I hated when I was a retailer, and Jen, you and Brainy could talk about this too, uh, how you feel about it, is when they would send us solicitation or order forms for merch we couldn't see because it was spoilery. Yeah. Um, apparently, uh, Ms. Marvel may be going some undergoing some changes for her Marvel Cinematic Universe debut uh, in that uh, turns out they maybe have changed the way the fist works um, and it uh, got revealed on a t-shirt. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, the new image is officially labeled Crystal Smash which may offer a clue as to how the fist will be changed for the movie. So I'll tell you a tale. I got a call once from Hasbro saying, you have to tell us how many cases you want right now on the phone, not knowing what we're soliciting to you at all. So not even a genre. I couldn't tell it. Couldn't be told if it was star Wars or anything. They wanted to know how many cases I was going to buy, sight unseen, with no information whatsoever. And I had to make the decision on the phone. That's next level. Did you order zero? I ordered zero. (laughs) Wait, what item was this? So Hasbro. Yeah. So we're talking about how one of the things I hated as a retailer was when uh, companies would send you solicitation or order forms for merch that you couldn't see. 
because it was spoilery. And the story that goes with this is, turns out they may be changing the way Kamala Khan's fist works for the MCU. Um, and this got leaked through uh, a t-shirt image. Um, they're uh, they're calling it the Crystal Smash, and it may be the way that her, you know, her arm, how her arm changes. That may be how it's represented in the movie, because in this T-shirt, it certainly looks that way. So the conversation was about having to order merch, not knowing what it is. Yeah, we've had to do that before. We're we're having to do that. Well, to a certain extent, we're having to do that with uh, our books right now too, right, Miss Jen? Oh yeah. There's a lot that we're ordering blind. Yep. Even at FOC, they don't have images. We just have to, like, I've just learned to just roll with it. I look at the, who the artist is and make a get a guess based on that. Yep. Yeah, I mean, the reality is for books, at least, as long as the solicitation was complete, I could make a determination regardless of cover. Mm. But I can remember getting things from Funko. No, you can't see what this pop's going to look like. I'm not going to order it, dude. Like, come on. Unless it was a character we already know, you know. Right. It's But it's untitled Star Wars yeah. character. Yeah. Untitled Marvel character. <laughs> nah. Uh-uh. Not doing it. So, and someone's angry. Brainy, you don't need to bark at me. <laughs> I just give her food and she's, give me a second, I'll be right back again. I, I met Josh Werner's dog today. Yeah, that was fun. Pa- Ozzy Posborn is the best name for I've ever heard from yeah. Josh is Josh is one of the greatest people in the biz, I firmly believe. Like you know, text him on a Sunday, hey dude, can you do the show tomorrow? Yep, no problem. Mm-hmm. Log you know, comes close to showtime, like he's running a little late. I'm worried about him. Boom, in his car, like in a parking lot. Just, I'm here. I said I'd be here. I'm here. Yeah, I saw part of that interview. I was uh, a little busy at work. But so what tells me that he's an amazing human being is the look on his face as I tell him that everyone I talk to about who should get the Gary Reed Award said that it was obvious that that he should get it. And for him to say he doesn't understand because he doesn't really do anything, Except for lift people up, that right? Things I'm like that's literally what the award says. Right. He's he 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 got he was not prepared for that. He was all emotional, and I'm going brah. <laughs> like, I'll tell you guys off the air like stuff that I know, and like, I'm going brah. Like, I like that you're that humble. Like, but you deserve way more than you're getting credit for right now. Like. When you think about Garrett Gunn, you think about, um, you know, the success that Source Point is having. Think about Christy Blanche. Think about Bob Sally. Think about Dirk. Think about all of these people who have gone to Source Point and their career has found another gear. Yep. Like, all of these people were making stuff pre-Source Point. But they found another gear there. That's Josh. Like, I make fun of Travis a lot. In fact, I put that, you know, you ask you ask Josh what his, has he, did he have any haunting experiences? And I put, he works with Travis, so his dreams are haunted by that. <laughs> like, I make fun of Travis a lot, and Travis has done a lot to shepherd SourcePoint along and to make it into a powerhouse for people. 
but Josh, man, Josh is the one who I'll see TikToks from and chat Snapchats and like texts at three in the morning going, I just figured out how to do black edged gilding. Like, and it's, he's been working on it since seven that morning. He just loves what he does that much. Like, he deserves way more credit than he's getting. And I think the time is coming when other people come a calling. And the dude is worthy of all of it. So. I mean, he started that company from nothing, nothing, right? And he saw it through when it went through the first big changes is when his first partner had to be, uh, 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 separated. Like his first partner had to leave Mm -hmm. the company and it wasn't, necessarily a separation but it was just this is what needs to happen for his partner and for the company and all this kind of stuff and everybody was good and Josh is just like holding it together with duct tape and twine you know and then he gets Travis and he gets Jacob and he gets Nolan and he gets L and he gets all of these wonderful people and there's a guy out there whose name you don't know named Dev uh, who doesn't work for them but works his butt off for them who uh, is my homie and I just want to give him a shout out live on the air um, because I'm not going to see him this weekend and I'm bummed about it. But um, no, source like there are all these people at SourcePoint. Josh said it. It's like family. Uh-huh. These people are giving their time, their energy, their blood. Um, Dirk Manning sweat like he actually sweat. I've never seen the man sweat. His hair got out of place and everything when they were putting that new building together. Yeah. Like. So there's something to be said for what he built and there will be other people who will take note and will give him opportunities and he deserves every one of them. So I liked your first interview a lot, uh, with, um, uh, JM Grant. Yeah. He was a lot of fun. I have not read Swamp. I'm excited to read Swamp Dogs. Um, he was a lot of fun to talk to. Yeah. It's so funny. I'll I'll tell you the truth. Every single week when I get to Sunday, I start internally being a little bit um, unsure of myself for my interviews on Monday. Because you never know what they are until Monday? No, it's not. It doesn't have anything to do with that. I just feel like uh, my brain starts telling me that I don't know what I'm doing. And as soon as I sit down, I do my research, of course, which makes me a little more okay in my brain. But as soon as I sit down, I realize, wait, the person on the other side of this camera are people that I love. And so it's a safe place. Yeah. I'm interviewing, I'm hosting panels this weekend and I've never hosted panels. Like I've done interviews. I've done millions of hours of interviews, but I've never hosted a panel and I get Bill Morrison and Steve Levine. Nice. So the Simpsons and the Ninja Turtles. Mm -hmm. Pretty sure I can handle that. (laughs) (laughs) favorite things ever. Right. I mean, I'm not a huge Simpsons guy, but I know enough about the Simpsons and I know I've read many of the Bongo comics that he helped co-create. So like, all right, I can handle that part for Bill and then Steve Levine. It's Ninja Turtles. I don't know that there are many people on the planet who know more about the Ninja Turtles than Kyle. So we're in. (laughs) So, you know, uh, Ninja Ninja Turtles are a bunch of uh, kids playing around with turtles, right? Yes. Yes. That's it. 
they throw turtles like the like Japanese stars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Like number two's bowler hat. Bowler hat. <laughs> was that, who was that? Who, who threw the bowler hat in James Bond? Uh, that is, um, is it called Top Job? I don't remember. Every time I try and think about it, all I think about is short round from Indiana Jones, and it's a different thing. Well, so. the problem is, is that I whatever there's another name that they gave to the Austin Powers one, which was like, like just thought, well, maybe it was Odd Job. Yeah, I can't remember, but it was like now I get confused between that one right and the real name. <laughs> right. So uh, speak. So we talked a little bit about Swamp Dogs. That's a comic that's coming out this week. What else is what else is on the the slate? It's weird because we have again this week we have Image asking us to hold books that were supposed to come out this week because we only have partial shipment, so we have to wait for next week. But we do get to finally release Ant Number One, which was supposed to come out last week, and now we get cover B, C, and D again. Finally, and then that also means we get to release a really big book, Gunslinger Spawn, for people that actually held on to it instead of released it in King's. Yeah, Spawn. a lot of people would just put it out. Yeah, Did they? we didn't. We didn't get ours, so we were one of the the reasons why it was delayed. Yeah, no, it's uh, Wednesday of last week. Nick's selling them on his show. I'm going, hey, bro, hey, ask everybody to hold those. I don't know. I don't know what what their deal is. Right. So maybe it's different for him, but like, so there's a difference between pre-selling an item and actually handing it to somebody. Yeah. yeah. So, because I could do them, I could have done them during my live show and just said they're not right. going to ship until next week. But I still, I didn't want to do that to everybody else that that couldn't do it. So I just waited. No big deal. Um, and then uh, Cross to Bear is a book from. Aftershock. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what that one's about. Uh, Cross to Bear mm-hmm. is by Mario uh, Stajanovich. Uh, Jack the Ripper was never caught because no one was looking for him in the Wild West. Oh, cool. No one except the Order, an organization made up of the descendants of the Crusaders. Sworn to eradicate the unnatural, the Order will stop at nothing to fulfill their pledge. To their for to fulfill the pledge their forefathers made, even if it means crossing an ocean or a line or two. That sounds like my kind of jam. Sounds like a sounds like an aftershock book. Um, and then uh, from Valiant Harbinger number one, which we haven't had that team book in a really long time, and eventually, supposedly, I think Sony has Harbinger was going to do something with it. I think that was supposed to be the next thing. I know they they there's a green light for Bloodshot too, so I'm assuming that they're going to move forward with their Harbinger stuff. And then Quantum and Woody was supposed to be a show by now too, so I don't know what they're doing there. Um, but House of Slaughter is going to be a big book this week. That's the follow up to something is killing the children. Yeah. Um. Hardcover wise, uh, Better Angels, uh, Kate Warren uh, from Boom Studios. It's Jeff Jensen and George Shaw. 
Um, that looks very interesting to me. It's a hardcover, direct to hardcover. And then from our friends at Source Point Press, uh, Ringo nominated oh. Buried But Not Dead. Oh. Um, I've had that for a year now. Me too. Like, I supported the Kickstarter. Yeah, it feels like. Um, I'm excited for something, and I want to talk oh. to Josh Starnes about it uh, at some point. Uh, Merlin and Hector okay. from Red 5. Uh, he didn't write it, but I assume he knows because he's in charge over there. Yep. <laughs> but that that sounds interesting to me. Which probably means I'll have him on the show on Saturday. I'll have to poke him. Yeah, I, I'm sure my LCS didn't order any. So are, I, I, I don't know because I've asked for them to put all Red 5 books on my list. But if they didn't, I'll let you know. Perfect. Well, I hope I they did, though. I read it last week, not knowing that I wasn't going to be able to put it out. And I did an interview with uh, the creator of Nita Haw's Nightmare blog, which I loved. So I can't wait to talk about that again. Yeah, that was that was Rodney Barnes, who we talked oh, to yeah. for other things. Um, but yes, uh, great. And uh, is Hellcop now officially out, too? Is that one of the image books that got held? Now, I didn't. Or did it get that? pushed? I didn't get to see to see that one is being held, but it, now where there's two different covers that did not previously come out in this equipment, so the 3D version is going to be here. Now, I thought it was delayed from last week to this week, or is it being delayed from this week to next week? No, it's out this week. But, yep. um, that, well, we, that's that's what we were debating. Did it get held or did it get pushed? Yeah, I, I thought it was coming out last week because uh, Brian did a signing last week. Uh -huh. So it is officially being released this week. And then this one sounds fun. Pop Star Assassin. That yeah. is the book I'm most excited for this week. <laughs> you know, gold? that's everything for me. Everything I'm into. That's all the things you care about. <laughs> it's true. What DC stuff? Because I didn't. I don't have the DC list and Marvel list. Um, I'm still I'm still looking through my my indie list, which is stupid long this week. Oh my god! Yeah, this gonna, was a bigger week than last week. Yeah. Last week was very small. Yeah, because uh, maybe, maybe Winchester House is that this week. Winchester Mystery House is this week. Okay. We Don't Kill Spiders, number two, which I'm very excited for. Um, and then from Marvel and DC, you have ASM 77, Aquaman Green Arrow Deep Target, uh, Batman Fortnite One-Shot, uh, which has the Batman Who Laughs right on the cover. Nice. Uh, you guys Batman already mentioned hmm? Nightmare Blog? Yes. Uh, Batman Long Halloween Special. Yep. Uh, DC versus Vampires, number one. There's a lot of buzz about that, but I have no idea why. I mean, it was just the creators talking about it a lot. Let's <laughs> take a look. Oh, it's Tinian and Rosenberg. Oh, the big I should have talked to Rosenberg this week. Dead gummit. I you did still not can. I think his book is delayed, right? It's going to be out next week. Uh, I don't see that as a thing. Next week is November. Oh, no, it's going to be the following week. Second week of November, I believe. 
for DC versus vampires? No, 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 no. I'm talking about Rosenberg's book. Rosenberg wrote DC versus vampires. Yes, but he's also got uh, his own indie book, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, We're going to have him on for the indie book, but like... Nice. I uh, I looked at this one and just saw the first name being uh, Tinian and went, well, we'll move on from this list. Uh, <laughs> Should have read a little deeper. That's on me. Um, what was I going to say? Um, oh, uh, Fear State Harley Quinn number eight, which has been really good. And Star Wars uh, War of the Bounty Hunters IG-88. Also, uh, Undying Queen. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Task Force Z number one, also from DC Comics. Mm-hmm. That one, I'm, uh, I'm intrigued by. It. I'm not. I, the the solicitation didn't sell the title to me well enough. So we'll see what it's all about. Um. In the trade market uh, from Viz Media, it's actually a manga. Burn the Witch number one uh, is something that I've been hearing about for a long time. Uh, and Junji Ito's Cat Diary hardcover. Um, Stan Sakai won two more Ringo Awards on Saturday, which is the thing Stan Sakai does best that isn't writing Usagi Ajimbo. Uh, and there is uh, Usagi Jimbo Origins Volume 2. Yep. Um, Miss Jen, if you haven't already looked into it, look into Happy Hills. It's by Comics Tribe. It, it, we, we got early release because we got store variants of it. It was our number one seller this week, so if you, yeah. I'd recommend that book. Okay. Happy Hills. I guess if we if there's nothing else um, news-wise or comic book-wise that we need to talk about, I, I do just want to mention, if you get a chance, go on YouTube, watch the Ringo Awards uh, from this past weekend. Um, both uh, Steve Rotterdam from Aftershock and Joe Casada give really great speeches. And our friend David Peppos um, won uh, for OZ, which was great. Um, Art Balthazar also gave a very funny speech. But Joe Casada and um, Steve Rotterdam, for me, were really the high points. So, did you see you, that if, Art Balthazar came on the show today and said, "Where's my video?" JD was tagging me. It's one of the nine that have to export tonight. <laughs> we have we'll have that conversation another time. But uh, trying to get through all the New York footage. By the way, it's we I shot. Over 100 gigs of video. Wow. Yeah, like an hour is 1.4 gigs. That's how many hours of video I shot at New York. Mm-hmm. 1.4 seems a little small. What are you recording at, 720? 1080, but it's uh, uh, it's only 30 frames. That's still small. It's a little small, but it's good compression. So, I mean, generally it'd be closer to two, two and a half, but yep. with the compression, we, it's a, we can get into this later, Brainy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a brain, this is a Brainy and Kyle nerd out conversation that no <laughs> one else needs to hear. Right. Miss Jen's like, I haven't eaten in like eight hours. Right. Can you guys talk about your nerd crap some other time. <laughs> no, I actually, uh, I'm actually fine today because between um, 
lunch trek and doing the interview, I went over to the barbecue place and stuffed myself full of barbecue. Nice. So I don't faint now. <laughs> hey. You know what you should do is then get a pizzeria in your store. So here's the problem I run into. So they open at 11. I'm not ready to eat yet. I'm live from noon to 2. They close at 2. Well, why not just they order ahead of time? At 5. I'm live. <laughs> <laughs> order your food at 1 30 right like just put a post-it note on the register when you come back i would like this please exactly right yes that's what i should do absolutely it does feel funny to have food availability and still be hungry all the time you could just go walk into their cooler like i'm i'm sure they don't count the pepperonis we'll just see my face and the cheese whoa 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 that is the only thing we count in a pizzeria is the amount of pepperoni we have. Yeah. Yeah, you nothing think else they matters. Count how many pepperonis they have? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or do you think they just count how many pounds of pepperoni they have? No, we count each slice because we know. Sure. <laughs> sure, yeah. So uh, if there is nothing else for the good of the order. I will do this thing that Justin sent me. Are we ready? Let's do it. Thank you for watching Nerd News Now, part of the Kingdom of Geekdom on Woodlands Online, sponsored by the Adventure Begins Comics and Games and Space Cadets Collection Collection. Check out our other shows on Woodlands Online, like Weekly Fallout Sports Talk, The Adventure Begins Show, For Reels, The Best You, Between the Trees Business Talk, and much more. You can watch all of these on Woodlands Online and on our partner station, KVQD HD 21, over the air on your TV if you're in the correct area of the world. All of these shows and much more on Roku right now. Search and add Woodlands Online TV to your streaming lineup. Now you can listen to our podcast show on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Amazon. For Jen and Brainy, I've been Kyle. This has been Nerd News Now. See you, everybody. <laughs>